Hi, it's David here. We hope you're enjoying the Leader Coronavirus Daily and finding our news, interviews and analysis useful during this pandemic. Let us know on social media by using the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. And please do subscribe and rate us through your provider. From the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. What lessons can the coronavirus generation learn from VE Day? How we handle this crisis and the lessons we learn from it will be written up in the history books and it will be the way in which our generation is judged. Columnist Matthew Dancona, as the 75th anniversary of victory in Europe passes much more quietly than planned. Also... There won't be as much international travellers coming into London. Unemployment is, is going to soar. Hotels could be back in business before the end of summer, but consumer business editor Jonathan Prince says a lot fewer of us may be able to afford a break. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the muted VE anniversary. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. There were big plans for the 75th anniversary of VE Day. Very few of them will be happening. That modern-day invader, COVID-19, has the UK stuck in the house other than those battling against the infection itself, the frontline workers. But our editorial column remembers not just VE Day itself, but what came after, and says that's just as important. Advance Britannia. The Evening Standards headline said 75 years ago, as the war in Europe ended. But as we mark that moment, we should also remember what came next. Economic pain brought austerity. A global effort brought new international institutions to shape growth, bring peace and fight pandemics. Things like the UN and the World Health Organization, which are under pressure today. Politics changed too. 
1945, no one knew how all this would happen, but they wanted to see a better world come out of the fight, and they gave their trust to leaders with big plans. The lessons for our recovery from the fight we face today are clear. Be ambitious. Work together. Don't give up hope. But don't think it will be easy, either. The Evening Standard columnist Matthew Dancona, who's also an editor at the Tortoise News site, has written about VE Day and what we can learn from it for the paper and joins me now. Matthew, first of all, this is not the 75th anniversary we'd expected. No, um, absolutely. And this has been a, an anniversary long in the planning. The bank holiday was moved to Friday so that we could all engage in public festivities. We could enjoy the big processions and marches that were going to be through the centre of London. And of course, none of that is now possible because of the lockdown. So it's going to be a very uh, strange experience because we're going to be, in a way, celebrating the end of the war in Europe in 1945, but in a way that more closely resembles the curfews during the conflict uh, in, inside our homes. So we'll be able to watch the Queen's televised address, which will bring back memories of her father, George VI, address on VE Day, no doubt. Um, there's going to be a virtual duet between, uh, with Catherine Jenkins and Dame Vera Lynn. There's going to be a, a, a two-minute silence, things like that. But it, it will all be, it will be a virtual BE day, not a, not a physical one. So it's going to be quite a poignant experience, I think. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people drawing parallels between that time, like you said, those curfews during the actual war itself, and now. Is that the wrong thing to do, Matt? I think it is wrong because... The moment we're at in, in the pandemic crisis is not really comparable to BE Day. If anything, it's closer to 1940 and the, the Churchill's darkest hour. You know, we may, we may have got through the, the worst bit, let, let's hope. But I think that if there are lessons of BE Day, actually, they're, they're, they're quite the opposite, which is that conflicts and struggles tend to have quite untidy endings. There's a great book by Martin Gilbert, Churchill's biographer, all about BE Day and what he found going back to people who'd actually been alive and, and in London and, and elsewhere on VE Day was that it, it, although there was a huge party, there was also a great deal of a sense of flatness and bereavement and concern and worry about the future. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that because coming out of this phase of the coronavirus crisis, and we, we're expecting some announcements from Boris Johnson on Sunday to that effect, we're going to move out into quite a messy incremental relaxation, I think, where some freedoms are restored, but not all. Do you think then that people are going to be disappointed? Do you think they're expecting to have like a massive, right, you can all go outside now, run around, hug each other kind of moment? Well, I think the problem is that the thing that made the lockdown work was that it was incredibly straightforward and simple and easy to understand, which is... Boris Johnson goes on television, 27 million people watch, March the 23rd. And he, in, he gives, in his own words, the instruction to the public to stay at home. I think the problem is that once the message gets more complicated, compliance gets more complicated, I think people will become quite easily and understandably confused. You know, they're now, it's, it seems that they're going to be told that they can exercise as much as they want. But at the same time, they can't do team sports. So does that mean they can go for a kickabout in the park, but only on their own? And 
the danger in all of this is that because of the complexity, the whole social distancing safety regime that the government has put in place collapses because of its sheer lack of clarity. And of course, the, da the, the danger of that is that the rate of infection rises again and we hit a second peak. So inside government, the people I've been talking to desperately want to get the economy revving up again. They desperately want to get consumption going again. But they're also very nervous about the rate of change and what will actually happen and the, the potential consequences if uh, the, the, the lockdown unwinds in, in, in the wrong or too hasty a fashion. In 75 years, Matt, will people look back on this generation in a similar way to we look back on the, on the, the, the generation that saw victory in Europe? Well, I, I think that this pandemic can't stand direct comparison with the Second World War because, you know, something like 75 million people died in that conflict and, you know, an entire people, Jewish people, faced industrialised extinction. What I think is true is that every generation faces a sort of defining struggle. And I must confess that I thought 9-11 might be it, or possibly the financial crash and its long aftermath. But clearly, this is going to be the defining story of, of our lifetimes. Bank of England has announced forecasts that show that the economic outlook is going to be very, very tough for, for a long time. We know that the same is happening in Europe. America is a mess. Um, we haven't yet seen what it's going to do to the uh, developing countries. So I, I think that how we handle this crisis and the lessons we learn from it will be written up in the history books and it will be the way in which our generation is judged. Absolutely. Next. First up, the doorman isn't likely to be there. Reception may or may not be there. In some cases, some hotels I've been speaking to have been saying that they would prefer everyone to check in in advance. Jonathan Prynne, as the hotels dust off their rooms ready for new arrivals, will anyone make a booking? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The beds are being made, the vacuum cleaners are out, the silverware is being shined once more. London's hotels are getting ready to open, some sooner than you might think. But will a stay in a five-star ever be the same again? Or a two-star, for that matter? And will any of us be able to afford either of them? 
Our consumer business editor, Jonathan Prince, has been talking to hoteliers and he joins me now. Jonathan, is anyone actually expecting to reopen anytime soon? They don't have a clear idea yet. They're not expected to be in the, the first wave of businesses reopening that's likely to be flagged up by the Prime Minister on Sunday. However, the ones I've been speaking to are provisionally pencilling in July. But I think realistically, it's it's going to be towards the end of the summer before we see hotels opening up in, in large numbers. And what's it going to be like when you go back into a hotel, when you carry your luggage in? Are people still going to be taking that? Are you going to be going up to the reception? What's going to change? First up, the doorman isn't likely to be there. So you'll, there'll be no one to open the door for you or take your luggage on arrival. Reception may or may not be there. In some cases, some hotels I've been speaking to have been saying that they would prefer everyone to check in in advance and go straight to their rooms. And there'll be no keys either, by the way, because your phone will become your key. You'll download an app. If you're below the third floor, you're probably going to have to walk to keep the lifts for people on the higher, higher floors. And they'll only be able to go up on their own or, or with their partner. So some hotels, however, said they will keep a reception area, but it'll be there'll be a big holding bay so that you don't get the sort of usual queue and crush at check-in that, that you get at sometimes at busy times. Other hotels have said you might have to book yourself in to check-in, as it were. So you get a slot, say, at 1 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever. So you're there on your own when you check in, not, not with crowds of other people. Yeah, it's all going to be a bit strange, I'm afraid. And I'd imagine the restaurants, well, some hotels have very famous restaurants, but we know separately that industry is considering a whole bunch of changes. I'm guessing hotels will have to do the same things as well with the social distancing and fewer tables and difficulty even getting food to tables. Is there going to be a lot of room service in hotels? I think room service will become much more part of the the, the sort of core offering, as it were, when it comes to, to, to food. Um, I mean, first thing that will go is those um, breakfast buffets that are familiar to all of us when we when we go and stay in hotels and people sort of wandering around making their toast picking up a croissant uh, you know fruit salad all that sort of thing that's all going to go that's just too risky uh, too crowded you can't enforce social distancing too much touching of things so breakfast will either be room service only or You'll sit down at a dis- socially distant table and order your breakfast to your table like, like in, in the old days, I guess. I think some restu- some hotels will try to keep their restaurants open, particularly if they've got plenty of space. They've got spacious dining rooms. They can spread the tables out a bit. But I think you're right. Room service will increasingly play a central role. And what will happen is the waiter will bring the trolley up to your room, knock on the door, withdraw uh, a few paces to a safe distance, uh, then it'll be up to you to bring the trolley in. And then when you finish your food, you'll put the trolley back outside in the corridor, go back into your room, and the waiter will come and, and wheel it away. It's going to be a bit of a dance, I think. But here's the thing, Jonathan, I'm looking at the, the figures from the Bank of England's forecasts, and they're pretty gloomy again. Is anyone going yeah. to be able to afford to go to a hotel? Well... That that's a really good question. Um, I mean, there there won't be as much international travellers coming into London. A lot of people, you're right, unemployment is is going to soar. I think the Bank of England is pointing towards that today. Maybe nine percent unemployment by by the middle of the year or, or the autumn. And a lot of people will feel very fearful about their jobs and and their financial security. That said, I think people that that are well off have savings or feel relatively secure about their employment 
there is an appetite. Uh, and what the hotels are saying to me is that the bookings going into the summer and beyond are surprisingly robust, given everything that's going on. And they just think there is an absolutely huge appetite for people who, you know, that will all have been tucked up inside. There is an absolute raging demand for people to get out and, and have what fun can be had in these strange times. And that includes going to posh hotels, albeit under very odd and unusual circumstances. I have to admit, I have been looking myself at a few websites, possibly just a flight of fancy just just, just now, but just having a look at some hotels and thinking what might happen in the future. What about longer term? How's the economy going to hold up further down in the post-lockdown era? Well, I mean, interestingly, the Bank of England was surprisingly um, optimistic and, and upbeat about this today. They very much see a, a classic V-shaped recession with a very, very sharp downside, and but an almost equally precipitous or, or steep upside once we get beyond um, lockdown and the other very, very restricting measures that are in place now. So they, they see the economy falling by, um, I mean, 30% in the first half of the year, which is just staggering, uh, and 14% over the year as a whole, but then bouncing back uh, amazingly rapidly. Uh, and they, they say there'll be growth of 15% next year, which sort of more or less takes us back to, to square one, with more growth coming in, in, in 2022. So I I think it's uh, if they're right, and they do caveat all these projections hugely, saying it totally depends on how quickly the social distancing and all the other measures are lifted. But if they're right, and you know who's to say they're not, it could be the absolute sort of epitome of short, sharp, sharp, very nasty first half of the year, getting better into the autumn, and then soaring away with a really strong recovery um, into the new year of 2021. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog. You'll find that at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Have a great bank holiday.